Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. All right, second recorded show of 2020. We've got a doozy subject matter that keeps coming up from Adriana in Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. What do you got? DIY! Hi, guys. It's Adriana calling from Miami, Florida. My question is in regards to something that I heard on one of the previous podcasts that I was listening to. And you guys mentioned in regards to when you're planning on getting a home that it might be better to rent for a year or two before you actually commit to buying a home. So I just wanted to know if you guys are going to touch on that a little bit more in the future because I always thought that it was always better to buy instead of rent. If there's a reason behind that, I would love to hear more about it. Great question, Adriana. Let's start off with Daniel, who is currently in the situation that you're talking about. Daniel, what say you? Yeah, we are currently renting. And what I will say uh, right off the top is this is very, very situationally dependent. So when it comes to uh, housing and buying uh, a house versus renting a house, uh, it really is a it depends. Many things are when we're talking finances, but especially when it comes to housing, because not only is it your personal finance situation dependent, but it also depends on where you live the economics of kind of the market that you are in, where housing prices are versus rent prices, where the supply and demand is. Uh, so a lot of it is going to depend on the market. Some of it's also going to p- depend on uh, your occupation and what it is you do and how mobile you need to be and, and things of that nature. So there's a lot of moving pieces. So it, it's not going to be an always or never situation. Now, here's the journey that we've been on. A uh, year and a half ago, we got an offer to buy our old uh, about a hundred year old house that we had in a, a neighboring town uh, of Lexington, a neighboring town from where our office is located, where we work. And so the commute was a little bit longer. We had been looking to move into Lexington uh, at some point over the next couple years. And so it was on our horizon. It's something that we wanted to do. We wanted to sell this house, buy a house in Lexington, uh, like any normal person would do, sell a house and then buy a house. Uh, this house was getting to be a bit too small for us. We had uh, another kid on the way. It was a two bedroom, one bath. Uh, you know, kind of a starter home, young couples kind of home. And uh, so it just wasn't working out for us anymore. However, the housing market was so hot around here during that time that before uh, we ever thought about putting it on the market, a realtor friend of ours called and said they had a client looking for this. They knew we wanted to move in a couple of years, wondered if we could accelerate that. So uh, we came up with a price that we would be willing to sell it for, that the buyers would be willing to buy it for, and we moved. At that time, again, there wasn't a ton of inventory on the market. We did not like the prices. Uh, of the things that we did see. And so we chose to rent, to sort of take a deep breath, take a step back, and put ourselves in a place where we could objectively, uh, one, save more for a down payment, kind of hit our goal of what it was we wanted to put for a down payment, and to really not have to make a decision so quickly, like many people do when they're trying to sell a house and buy a house at the same time. You're having to make a decision much quicker, and so more emotion gets brought into the picture than, than might be reasonable. 
also, by moving into the town that we want to be in, renting, we have the option to, one, rent different houses over the course of that time until we buy a house, figure out what areas we want to be in, figure out, you know, what are the grocery stores that we like to go to, what's the commute route that I like to uh, be on to get to the office, things of that nature. We get to really try things. We can also try different styles of houses. So, you know, we're in sort of a single family, two story right now. We can try a one story. We can try older houses, newer houses, et cetera. The, the, there's variation in the rental market. Now we have a dog, so it limits some of what we can do. But for those that don't have a pet, you have a lot of options when it comes to renting. Uh, you do have some level of inflexibility as far as maybe the lease goes. Uh, we were lucky to find a landlord that had a pretty favorable lease breaking option uh, built in that didn't tie our hands to just the annual renewal period when we can move out. Uh, there's a small penalty, not a small penalty. There's a penalty if we decide to move out during our lease, but it, we can get out with a penalty. So, uh, if circumstances change, if, if we needed to move, if we saw our dream house and our emotions and our heart just filled up with awe for this house and we had the money in our down payment fund and we wanted to go after it, we could take a calculated assessment of breaking our lease and go after that house. So forth. Finally, the math made sense for us. Why? Because the house that we moved into for a rental is uh, would sell for about two forty-five to two sixty uh, right now on the market, some somewhere in there, and uh, at about four percent interest rate right now. If you add in the taxes and insurance, the monthly payment on that house would be what we're paying in rent. Now the landlord is going to get to keep the equity. Uh, that we're basically paying into for him, but he's also been doing all of the maintenance for us. So when a couple of the appliances have broken, when there's been some nitpicky things that were like, eh, this really needs to be fixed, uh, he sent somebody to come out and fix it. When we had issues with the HVAC during the winter, and we're like, this just doesn't seem to be working. He sent somebody out. Uh, various things of that nature. We've not had to plan for those unexpected expenses. And because it's a rental, we haven't done a bunch of decorating, painting, et cetera, that we would have otherwise spent if we own the house. Okay. Um, I've got a couple rules that I have adopted over the years from observing once again, or participating in myself, uh, that have saved me and others a ton of heartache. Uh, however, I have only solidified those rules when I see people not follow them. And that is, Upon a move to a new city, I advise that someone rents for at minimum one year. Now, why? Because while you may have a general idea of where you would like to live, let's say you're returning to a city. Say you're returning to a place that you maybe spent time before. You moved away, now you're coming back, and even at that point, you have a general idea of the part of town you want to live in. I caution you against jumping the gun on a purchase because being in a different life stage may actually mean that that part of town does not suit you any longer. A perfect example is in the town we live in now, I've lived many places, and over the years, I have lived in parts of town that were more accommodating to the things that I was involved with at the time, whether it be an office location, uh, a school for a student, or 
extracurricular activities, the gym, the social activities, etc. And so when you move to a new city, despite what your knowledge is, or maybe you've even been there before, or maybe you're talking to people who say, oh my goodness, you need to be on the east side, you need to be on the west side, you need to be in this neighborhood, these schools are the best, it may not be the best for you. And so going to that city, renting some something, taking the pressure off, getting acclimated, making sure that it's the job you love, it's the location you want to be, it's the gym you joined, it's the friends you have, it's the place you go to work out, it's the place you go to eat, it's whatever it may be, you may find that one area of town that you were unaware of suits you much, much better. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? The second thing is, is an ability to gain an understanding for the market. A common rule of thumb in real estate is money in real estate is made on the buy. It's made on the buy. Now, many people go, oh, I'm not a real estate investor. I got a newsflash for you. If you buy a large piece of property, more than likely one of the largest investments you'll ever make, you are a real estate investor. And so money in real estate is made on the buy. Yes, history over the last several decades, there was a period until over the last, let's say, five to 10 years where real estate went up considerably and money was made on the appreciation level of the real estate. Nowadays, that's becoming more and more difficult. The reason is, is because we have so much more building going on. And ultimately, those prices have gone up considerably. And so one has to be very careful when you go into a new area, if you're not really familiar with the area, the market, what might be being built, what might be coming down the pike, and then ultimately paying too much. So on one hand, from the standpoint of just getting familiar with the area and the geography, it makes sense. On the other hand, you want to make sure that you are buying at the right price. And as Daniel just said, looking at the math and looking at the finances, it made sense for him financially right now to be a renter rather than a buyer. And over time, that may change, that may not change. The other thing is, do you have the ability to put an amount down in order to avoid such things as PMI, to get a reasonable interest rate? If you don't, then that math becomes more and more difficult. So again, I encourage you to do more research, read more on the subject. It's a really hot subject matter right now, so a lot of people are writing a lot of interesting things about it. I would caution you, though, to avoid just the hyperbolic qualitative pieces. There's pieces out there that talk about negative home ownership, and it's just like, well, why would anybody want to buy a home? It breaks all these things, the maintenance, this, the maintenance. There's no quantitative data to speak of that backs that up. The other side is someone says, hey, it's the greatest investment, low interest rate, real estate prices have appreciated at this. It's the best thing you could do. And again, I think you have to be very careful and look at your own situation, but no longer. No longer, especially with these interest rates, especially with prices the way they are, especially with this sort of movement society that we have where jobs can be done in different locations, et cetera, no longer is it just a given that real estate ownership is the way to go. I think you really have to look at it. But again, it's why I adopted a rule regarding at minimum one year when you're in a new city. So if that's you, 
and I would at least wait a year, and that's probably exactly what you're referring to regarding that podcast was that general rule of thumb. Anything else to add there, Daniel? Yeah, I think you touched on this idea that um, you know housing just goes up, and it goes up crazy is the mentality, and it, you kind of said that that might not be what it looks like going forward, but I think it's still in people's mind that it is, because I know when we rented, people were like, well, why don't you just buy and then sell in three or four years? And we're like, well... When you take into commissions and you know the the fees, uh, acquisition and selling fees and, and all that nature, like we might break even. Uh, and they're what they were trying to insinuate is, but housing prices are going to go up like three to five percent, you know, every year for the next couple of years, and you're just going to lose out. Well, there's there's no guaranteed free launch, and uh, there's no guarantee that they will go up at that rate or that they'll necessarily even go up. There you go. That was a great question, and if you're new to the show. Um, all that Adriana did was sent us a voice memo from her phone. She recorded it on her voice memo. She sent it via email to podcast at DIYmoney.org, podcast at DIYmoney.org. We used the question, so now Derek will send her a $25 Amazon gift card for using that question. Thank you so much for that question, Adriana. If you're new to the show, please go back, listen to all the episodes, give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps out. Make sure you check us out on Insta, DIY.money. If it's your thing, join us in the DIY Tribe on Facebook. That's the DIY Tribe. Got a lot of fun things going on there. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.